to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons, jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story today, Twitter experiences as being described as the greatest hack in social media history. They say, we detected what we believe to be a coordinated, get this Binkley, a coordinated social engineering attack by people uh, successfully targeting some of our employees with access to internal systems and tools. So what happened was a hacker or whoever hacked into really prominent accounts, Biden, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, uh, Kim Kardashian, Conway West, Bezos, Bloomberg, Buffett, Obama. I mean, like the top 10 deep staters of all time, I would say, basically up there anyway. And they did a funny little thing, which they had them say next to their little blue check marks. It, uh, it's, I've heard it's time for me to give back. If you send me $1,000, I will send you two. Now, I, it sounds exactly like a Nigerian prince scam, but yeah. whatever. Supposedly, they, they earned uh, that the accounts collected $116,000, which to me is kind of low. You would think for the, I mean, Obama has probably tens of millions of followers who believe everything he says. So I, I imagine, I'm, I'm really surprised it was very few people got through like that. But that's what they did. And it was, I uh, suppose, you had to do it in Bitcoin. So it's considered a Bitcoin scam. However, the implications that they are drawing immediately. So I only plugged into this 24 hours after it happened. And already they had had the whole story emerge into what the punchline is, which is that this is a stark reminder. CNN says the stark reminder of the power of social media to destabilize America and the world in the middle of a pivotal election year. During a pandemic. It didn't say that. Uh. But yeah, that's the the thing. So but I do think it is pointing to. Election crisis 2020, which I had wondered if it was going to have the same nature as we were told by the clips you played on Propaganda Report, that they were going to have a tripwire, that you might have martial law around the election, that it was going to alert us to the dangers of Russian interference. And when they mentioned that this could have been a foreign actor and that it's a national security issue, it's a stock market issue, they've got everybody involved from the FTC to U.S. intelligence trying to figure this out. I think two big things are going to come out of this. Uh, or one big thing with several implications, which is this is going to be used, of course, as a launching pad for some kind of regulation, censorship of social media, control of social media around the election. It's going to be considered essential, yada, yada. But that's what this is. Came just in the nick of time for the powers that be who want to crack down before the election. Yeah, and I'll remind everybody that yesterday, we talked about Stacey Abrams being accused of using misinformation to fundraise off of, and that centered around her calling for all the counties in Georgia to make sure that they implement email voting, which you can vote through email in all the counties. And Fulton, which was the one who you could not vote through email, has now switched, and you can vote through email. So the hacking of Twitter, if you don't think that the hacking of people's emails and voting and all that can be manipulated. Wow. They mentioned, they did mention that they expect that this could be, there could be another shoot a drop in that because while they had access to all these accounts, they might have been absorbing the information from the account. And you're going to have a dump and docs situation 
where these guys get all their whatever private stuff they had in their DMs. I try to tell my kids, like, DMs are not yours. They're theirs. But anyway, so maybe maybe it's an entree into that, too. I mean, this looks like a big operation here, and it's going to serve various functions, not least of which is the Russia thing. And I think there are international aspects to this. I, I noticed that there was an article that COVID research was hacked. <laughs> they suspect by Russians. I think that's uh, kind of funny, you know, because Russia again, 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 again. And well, one other thing about the international news that I was looking at was there was uh, uh, a big breakthrough, a vaccine breakthrough that indicated that perhaps the vaccine, the big vaccine, the good vaccine, the world saving vaccine would come out of the UK and I thought that was quite symbolic of the sun setting on the American empire at last in that if we're not the ones of a socialized medicine country, rather than the United States come out with the most necessary innovation in healthcare in human history, if it's not us and it's socialized medicine, I think that that's symbolic of so much, but certainly that the American experiment is over. Well, that's very, very uh, something to look forward <laughs> to, I guess. <laughs> well, I've got I've got uh, I'm going to continue that theme in a moment with the Kemp mask stuff when we're ready to move on. I want to say about the Twitter hack, Twitter is, and Facebook and all these social media platforms. These are international platforms where a lot of the political communicating on the planet goes on between the public and you know their officials and the public square has been hacked and taken over. It was taken over for like over an hour, I believe. And it was discovered that if you show a picture of the administrative panel or something like that, it could get you kicked off because it allegedly showed that Twitter does shadow ban. There was, there was a lot of things revealed about Twitter and some of the images really? that, that were spread. So you're not allowed to share those images. I haven't seen I them. I miss that. And this all started, I remember when the iCloud, the Apple iCloud came out. And people were putting pictures on there. I was like, no way. I, I don't want pictures and stuff going on the iCloud. This is the most hackable thing in the world. And then, bam, all of these celebrities got their nude photos hacked from the I, from iCloud, and it was put on the internet. And then we have this hack, and we've had various other hacks. This stuff is not secure. It's not secure at all. I want to back up for a second. You're, they, it revealed things about Twitter? Yeah. It revealed that the shadow banning is going on, allegedly. Like I said, I'm still in the investigative process of this. Yeah, I need yeah, to verify. Even, even if it's not real, like even if you're not sure, but that's something that's out there. That's going to be another theme. So this is going to yeah. be big. This is going to be, I, I, I mean, uh, it could be a tiny version of the Edward Snowden thing and still be big where you get just lots of information, true or not, from the bowels of these blue checkmark accounts, but also from the bowels of Twitter's secret processes. I mean, that is, that's a kind of James O'Keefe sort of uh, revealing what's really going on behind the scenes in the incredibly biased media. And of course, all of that stuff, all of it could play into censorship, regulation, protection, if they show Twitter's shadow banning is biased against conservatives, there you have the fairness doctrine coming in from the right just in time. People are clamoring for it. I was so surprised when we were, and I was honored to be uh, invited to that 
big, big swap cast where people were talking about what happens when you get deplatformed. A lot of other podcasters. And I said I was worried that that what they were doing was setting us up for a fairness doctrine from the right. And a lot of people, I mean, everybody basically jumped on me like, no, no, Trump's trying to protect us. And I thought, wow, people are really wanting that. And if it's the last thing he does before he leaves office is to get people to sign on to a fairness doctrine and then turns over the reins to Democrats for 12 years might not work out as well as as people hope. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right about that. I know Gab was not all about supporting that. They Gab did not. Right. Yeah. But the headline says massive Twitter hack reveals evidence of shadow banning tools. And what this is going to do is it's going to validate the concerns that people on the right have expressed about shadow banning for a long time. And people on the left have debunked that conspiracy over and over again. They've debunked it as a far right wing conspiracy theory. And now evidence showing that it's true Probably not going to be proven true. Probably just going to be stopped short of being proven true. That way it fuels the people who are saying, I told you, I told you shadow banning was going on, but it's not enough to get the left to say, oh, it's not a conspiracy. They're still probably going to claim it's a conspiracy. So it causes more division in that dialectic as well. I just realized something. The grossest thing. So the coolest thing happened to me in the past 24 hours and the grossest thing. I saw the coolest thing I've ever seen, and I saw the grossest thing I've ever seen. So I was trying to find somebody's, a tweet somebody sent me, and I went to his account to find it, his Twitter feed, because I couldn't find it mine. And I was shocked to see just vomititious, incredibly graphic porn. Shit I'd never seen before. I was like, what the? I mean, not that I've, I ever look at porn, but like I was, I'd never seen images like that before. You've never In seen porn this- like that. I've never been, yeah, smacked in the face <laughs> with porn imagery like that. I mean, it was just so shocking because I was code, I was conditioned white. I was unalert, unaware. You know? So I just, what the fuck? And this is not a guy who there's nothing that he's posting. So I thought, well, why the hell am I seeing that? And I realized, oh, because I turn off my sensors. They can censor that stuff for you. But I turn them off because they censor political stuff. They they consider stuff offensive that isn't. So I turn all that stuff off. And I and I I thought at first, and it's probably true, that they riddled his feed, responded to his tweets with the nastiness, so that people like me, I will never go back to his feed again, ever, ever, ever. And it's he's it's not his fault. But I am never ever ever doing that again. And that and so I think that they can. Somebody was telling me about a subreddit they like that got absolutely bombarded with kitty porn and taken down, even though it was an actually an anti-porn website. So it was like a Christian thing and it got bombarded and that got, it got taken down because of that. So I think they're using that as a weapon. And I, I, it was just an insight. I was just about to ask you on the air. I was going to say like, how have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen that? Just like stumbled upon a bunch of porn yeah. in somebody's feet. It, it is very jarring because you don't expect that on Twitter. No. And there was a video. This wasn't porn, but it was vulgar in that it was a bunch of female protesters. I don't know where they were, but they were all naked and they were all in a circle. There is a group of these protesters, some of these environmental protesters that go do topless and nude protests pretty frequently. But they're all in a circle and they're all 
lamenting, I guess. They're all screaming just at the top of their lungs. And they're, and they're doing these very coordinated actions. So like when they scream, they jar their shoulder back as though they're revving up. And then they throw themselves forward and they, they flex their bodies and they go and they scream. And it's for like a minute and a half. And this is a tactic. This is a protest tactic to amp up. And I can't hear you. Are you muted? Yes, I am. Yeah. They're all they're all buck naked. Yes. And, and, and roaring like lions. Are there any qualifications? Are they good looking or not good looking? No, there's mix? no qualifications. There was a couple good looking ones in there, but they needed to be featured more prominently, in my opinion. <laughs> if you want me to be interested I don't know what in to this call protest you. Are action. Are you a racist or a sexist? Like, what's wrong with your it's... sex? You're a sexiest. I'm just saying, if you want to win me over to this movement, yeah, you need to be more of a, yeah. I'm a sexiest. Exactly. <laughs> I agree. That's a good, it's a good term. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that was a little bit of a diversion. I mean, I can take a sexy chick screaming at me, I, I, you know, but, you know, if they're. Right. I mean, the only way you're going to take her screaming at you is if she's sexy. <laughs> so uh, where were we? <laughs> where were we talking we about? Do, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about the Twitter hack. Twitter, 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 Twitter. Really? I mean, this stuff is so vulnerable. We rely on it so much. It's really. It's it's not surprising to me, but I mean Barack Obama, Joe Biden's account—they were hacked. I mean the guy's running for president. The guy's a former president. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it is vulnerable, but it should they—that's what they spend all their money on. I mean they do. They can suppress porn if they want to. They have suppressed it all so far. Oh, yeah, How? Of course. I, I mean it's just ridiculous to think they they have that powerhouse. That's what I, that could give them, in my opinion, a reason to have this monopoly basically on that niche is that they have the money. When you go to Gab, it's very kind of spammy. I'm sure even when I had my website rebuilt, it was it got very spammy very quickly. You had to put a lot of stuff in there, but but it was done. My it's not that bad anymore. So if I can do it or somebody can do it for me, let's talk about Kemp's mask order. Hey, what's up, guys? With the world as crazy and unpredictable as it currently is, the time to start living a truly sustainable lifestyle, a lifestyle of rugged independence, is right now. And Neighbors Feed and Seed has everything you need to help you do just that. Small engine repair, garden supplies, vegetable plants, bird feed, chicken feed, premium pet food. Neighbors has it all. And right now, they want to give Propaganda Report listeners an opportunity to try one of their new products, Southern Nights CBD Oil, at a 20% discount. So go to NeighborsFeedAndSeed.com or visit the store in person if you live in the Smyrna area and use the promo code PROPREPORT, that's one word, all caps, P-R-O-P-R-E-P-O-R-T, and you'll get 20% off of your CBD oil purchase. Look, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Neighbors Feed and Seed is a fantastic business ran by friendly, knowledgeable, liberty-minded people who bend over backwards to help their customers in any way that they can. Check it out. I promise you, you're going to love it. Quick correction, the coupon code for the CBD oil is PROP, P-R-O-P, all caps, and the coupon code for the starter seed pack is PROP REPORT, all caps, one word, no spacing. And check out Neighbors Farmer's Market on Saturdays from 9 a.m. till 4 p.m. And a great big happy birthday to a loyal listener and good friend of the show, Michael Bradley. Happy birthday, Michael. 
Right, let's talk about camp. Let's talk about camp and the masks, even though I would love to chit chat about all of our great Twitter. friends yeah. and the fun that we had at, on at Neighbors, the fun everybody had at Neighbors. But let's get back to something that also is happening in Georgia. Kemp said that the local orders requiring masks are not valid in Georgia, that his executive orders supersede that. And I had two observations about that. I know you have uh, other stuff. So let me just say what I think the two issues are, and they're kind of related. And they both, I, I, another friend of the show sent me this stuff and had the same reaction. So a little hat tip to uh, Mr. A. This will, I think that this will backfire around the election or before the election or whatever. I think just like we talked about on Corbett, that the right the Republicans, Libertarians, whoever is pushing for reopen or less of these totally illegal laws will pay the price because phase two will be so hyper hyped that it'll look like these reckless Republicans don't even get me started on the hypocrisy with protests and riots, not wearing masks, but it's going to be blamed on actions like this, which people are celebrating in Georgia And then, but the more important thing is that he is, that this stuff is destroying local government. I've always thought that before. It's one of those, it will take a Republican thing. It was with plastic bags and gay marriage and everything like that. Uh, Transgender bathrooms, when they go in and they void lower subsidiary uh, government laws, that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. And here's why, in particular, right now, for the first time ever, it scares me more than just in theory. You have heard me say recently that what I think I would have to do if I did homestead was spend a lot of time in local politics or town hall meetings or just with legal action to make sure that my rights as a property owner, both rights of self-defense, rights of what I can grow, all of that stuff that I can maintain them on the borders of my own property. And if local government is not where that stuff is decided, if more and more of that stuff gets pushed up, it's going to be harder and harder for one person. If you, the smaller the, the community there, you go to town hall, you and the 10 people who live next door, you could be the whole damn place if it's, if it's, a, if it's urban, if it's rural. But as you have to go up to a region, to a county, even to the state level, the state's going to push you down. They're not going to let you just like anyway. So it really worries me that the Republicans are presiding over an end to local control. Yeah. And I had predicted, I think it was last week, that Trump would do something similar on a federal level if too many states began to enforce mask mandates so he could do something similar see here we're seeing the transfer of power go from the locales to the state if trump does it it's going to go from the states to federal power and this is this is local governments are a prime target for communist subversion because not people do not get enthusiastically involved in local politics as much so it's easier to win office in local races it's easier to pressure them and when you look at Solinsky's tactic one of the main principles is the action is in the reaction of your opposition so you plan first and foremost how you want your opposition to react 
and you choose a reaction that is going to benefit you and your goal. And then you plan your subversion or your provocation tactics that will trigger that reaction. And when you have these locals being pressured and putting these mask mandates in, something that restricts personal freedom, that's that's triggering a reaction at the state level from your opposition that is taking power away from the locales, which is something, an agenda that a communist, someone subverting, would want. It's so funny because that's really the dialectic with weight, power, uh, impetus from the two, the the body politic or whatever, the, the uh, population on each side really feeling strongly about a real issue which isn't always the case with these dialectics. A lot of times they're really contrived. But in this case, it's a real issue based on a fundamental belief in the invisible monsters. And if you go, both of them are contributing to the synthesis, which will be this this absolute loss of control. And it's because of the actions and the reactions. Yeah. Very interesting. And it's on a collision course, they say, to go to court and the constitutionality of it will be challenged. And if it's deemed constitutional for Kemp to do that, then that power is it's firm. It's uh, well, it'll be a sacrificial wolf because those when it comes to health, all bets are off that these are the ex- these are the exceptions that break the rules and yeah. that keep and that change everything forever. The president, which. I have something to say about that, but let's talk about the um, part two of the Kemp story well, from you. One other interesting thing on that is Kemp is in agreement. Keisha Lance Bottoms and a bunch of other governors have come out or mayors have come out against the governor's order. And, of course, Stacey Abrams, which we're going to talk about here in a second, is coming out as a leader against him. But Kemp is in agreement about the mask. He's saying wear the mask. You should wear the mask. Even in the order, he emphasizes wearing the mask, just not mandating it. So this is another instance of them agreeing on something, but one side saying, no, you need to let us force people to do it. And the other side saying, no, you can't do that. But as we just talked about, by saying, no, you can't do that, it gives more power to the state and less power to the locales. I might point out that in that Rockefeller Foundation 2010 document lockstep scenario, they said that the that China really controlled the virus better because of their totalitarianism, while the U.S. made a fatal mistake in making it a suggestion and not a mandate to take certain precautions. That's interesting. It's interesting. They agree again, yet the conflict is injected anyway. We agree, but we're still going to have the conflict. That is absolutely the character of the entire political thing right now, where I've said this over and over again, that the the we've all talked, we've all seen, we've all been told we can see it with the riots and stuff that we are more polarized than ever. Yeah. Yet the policies are more convergent than ever they compete to be the most nationalized the police the most stimulus check the most masky you know <laughs> right. they're just they're just uh, absolutely quibbling about the tiniest little things while we send your assumption because your party is delivering it to you yeah exactly Okay, the second part of that story, Stacey Abrams is the top trend right now on Twitter, <laughs> which I, I, you know she loves. 
because she came out uh, and she spoke on on MSNBC about Kemp's order, comparing Kemp to President Trump. She said the governor was following the lead of the incompetency and the immorality. He's too afraid of the consequences of leadership to actually demonstrate any. And he's thwarted the attempt of the mayor of Savannah, the first mayor to issue it. And she went on to say that more than 3,000 Georgians have perished, disproportionately black and brown people. And he continues to fiddle while Rome burns. This is not a man who's capable of leadership, says Stacey Abrams. And, of course, her base loves it. I found something. Oh, go ahead. And I'll tell you the interesting thing I found out about Abrams. So isn't. Nero fiddled while Rome burned a reference to a false flag. Oh, is it? I have read that Nero fiddled while Rome burned. Some people say that he was just goofing off while people were suffering, but I have read that it was actually a false flag, like he was fiddling while Rome burned because he burned Rome. Yeah. And similarly, I have read that FDR was playing cards while Pearl Harbor was happening and Donald Rumsfeld was carrying stretchers while 9-11 was happening. This is it's just funny that you would make a reference to something that seems to be a, a sign of a false flag. Speaking of false flags, we talked briefly yesterday about how Stacey Abrams was she was accused of the abusing misinformation to fundraise and how she had raised like 26 million and I looked at some of her larger donors and one of her larger donors is Reed Hoffman Reed Hoffman <laughs> who was one of the billionaire liberals who funded the Birmingham project in 2017 in which they did a false flag that they admitted to doing using quote Russian tactics to basically hijacked the election from Roy Moore by pretending to pretending to be Russian bots backing Roy Moore so that it would discredit him and amplifying rumors about pedophilia that did not have evidence to support it. Now, he was also – now, this, the interesting thing about Reed Hoffman is that was not the only false flag manipulation project he's been involved in. Here's an article. I found this a while ago. A New York Times article from back in March, Trump won the internet, Democrats are scrambling to take it back. In the era of big data, memes and disinformation, the Democrats are trying to regain their digital edge as the president and his loyalists dictate the terms of the debate. And the whole article is about promoting using these manipulation tactics that they use in the Birmingham project, which they talk about in here. And they talk about other projects where Reed Hoffman has been experimenting with the same type of Russian tactics in order to manipulate people into voting for Democrats. And here is Reed Hoffman funding Stacey Abrams Fair Fight Georgia, the voter What's suppression background, the voter suppression initiative. The then he found I wonder this, if Reed Hoffman has I know he's the LinkedIn guy, but what I what I was thinking about him, the other kind of big tech billionaires seem to me to maybe be tech guys, maybe not. They're I feel like they're political puppets, really the face jobs, but he seems like a, a political operative guy. Oh, absolutely. That, he, that 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 he's the guy. Whereas like Zuckerberg, I don't even think he was a tech guy. He was into classics. I think he was chosen, chosen as a created person. Because of his memory, of his ability to memorize stuff. I really think so. But other guys, are, I'm sure, have their tech prowess and all that. But this guy seems to me to have his own uh, political motive power. But anyway, I just feel like because she has such deep roots 
in the international deep state, these in internships and everything, maybe she, her connection to him could be traced back there. This is the first time I've ever heard of them being connected. But I also wanted to say when you were talking about how they the communists would reach into the locals, that's what George Soros was doing with criminal justice. Yeah. Yeah. And I, she, I, you know, that's happening in Georgia. There are definitely connections with her and him. Absolutely. This article... It talks about Mr. Jones winning, beating Roy Moore, and it talks about how afterwards New York Times reported on the progressive groups that experimented with the Russian-style troll tactics and how many people decried the experiments as imitating the worst aspects of the forces they were trying to defeat. Then it goes on to talk about another initiative which went smoothly that was one of, Ms., one of Reed Hoffman's initiatives, and this was called Acronym. So this guy is funding projects to test disinformation tactics. And here he is funding Stacey Abrams project. What's an acronym? This is the, that other project was called Project Birmingham. This one was called Acronym. I don't know the details. But what was of this Acronym one. for? Sorry, just you. you it was I another. It was another. It said. was another project like the Birmingham Project, where they were attempting to use right. Russian-style tactics to manipulate people into voting or doing something that they want them to do. So this is what Reed Hoffman does. Because acronyms are are perforce cryptic, right? There, there's they have to. Their acronyms are a. You know, it's it's like an abbreviation or whatever. I mean, it's hard to understand. So I'm going to look into that acronym if I, I can yeah. remember. I have so much that I want to talk about in the patron 15. I want to say just a little admin thing. In the patron 15, I want to tell you what state is actually using the National Guard to transport COVID victims who can't quarantine at home. I want to tell you about, I mentioned earlier, the grossest thing I ever saw. I'm going to tell you that uh, about the coolest thing I ever saw. That was last night. And actually, as much more as we have time for, I've got occult stuff. I, I think Eyes Wide Shut might come into it. I don't think we have enough time in the Patreon 15, but we're going to give it a good try. And it, even if you are not a patron... You can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and look at our pinned post. We are going to do a special Q&A episode. So if you want to ask Brad and or me any questions, go ahead and just you can comment on that post. Ask us the questions and we're going to put together probably when we have enough questions we're going to put together a podcast on that and while you're at it if you want to check out our offerings support the show we have many fine offerings look carefully at the tiers but the coolest thing is if you're a friend of the show or a patron saint you get invited to all the disappearing patron parties and this next week we are having our vip disappearing patron party on july 24th so stay tuned for that and for the patron 15. All right. I want to make a quick correction from yesterday's show. I said that Auburn's 2004 team that went undefeated was not in the national championship because they had been banned from postseason. That was incorrect. I was thinking of the 1994 team that went undefeated that was coached by Terry Bowden. The 2004 Auburn team got ripped off, should have been in the national championship. I agree with that. So my apologies. <laughs> you guys can We're find your, your tweets on that. Yes. You guys find your draft time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcast podcasting platform with the propaganda report podcast feed if you want access to that extra content we post every time that we post a dmb go to patreon.com slash propaganda report we'll talk to you tomorrow or in the patron 15.